Hello and welcome to our first techpros.io interview series where we ask enterprise professionals to share their thoughts and experiences on emerging business trends. These are typically driven by technology innovation, changes in customer behavior, regulation and other market disruptions. This first series, Brand versus Demand Activation, explores the strategies B2B marketing leaders are taking to engage buyers in today's content-rich world where meetings for the most part remain virtual. We explore the balance of spend between short-term sales lead generation and longer-term brand investments, the gradual merging of B2B and B2C, and the growing importance of fostering community with buyers. Today's interview is sponsored by Network Sunday, a business-to-human marketing agency in the UK which opens doors to the C-suite and accelerates business development for leading enterprise brands such as BT, Tantar, HCL and Mindtree, all who sell high-value solutions to buyers in lengthy, unpredictable decision-making processes. Today's interview is with Juveria Samrin. Juveria is the marketing director at Colour Tokens, who are experts in cybersecurity, networking and enterprise infrastructure. Their next-generation software-defined security gives companies unparalleled visibility and segmentation ability so they can keep their most valuable assets safe and sound. You can find Juveria at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Juveria Samrin. Juveria is spelt J-U-V-E-R-I-A and Samrin S-A-M-R-I-N. In her interview, Juveria elaborates on the importance of a brand's reputation and how building it enables you to connect with potential customers and continue to engage, educate and add value until they're ready to make that final buying decision. Juveria also touches on the difference between marketing in smaller and larger organisations and how taking a human-centric approach is an avenue to building your brand. We hope you find the interview valuable. So the first question, very much sort of high level, B2B marketers are always under pressure to deliver a constant stream of leads to sales. And that tends to mean that most of the spend is consumed on demand activation. However, research from LinkedIn concludes that only 4% of B2B teams are measuring marketing impact beyond six months. Leading marketing strategists, Les Bennett and Peter Field, say that this should change. Do you think that's right? I agree in parts and disagree in parts, Alistair. The reason being, it can never be brand versus demand gen or lead generation for sales, right? I mean, both of it has to work hand in hand. So I think putting a proportion to how much you spend on the brand versus activation, while companies have to strategize it that way, I think both of them are super important. I did read some of the material that you had sent across how, you know, lead generation was uh, shot and, you know, it's it's not sustainable in the long run, whereas brand building really gives you that uh, long-term benefits. While that is true, I don't think the lead generation or the sales activation side of things is completely true. I think there is a lot of, so if brand is the art of marketing, lead gen is the science. And I think there is a lot of it that needs to go into it. Six months is definitely not the cap. 
you cannot treat lead generation as a short-term activity. It might give you results in the short term, but like very much like the brand, I think a fully functional, you know, very mature demand generation model is very difficult to sustain, difficult to build. But once built, I think it will give you immense returns in the long run as well. So I think both are long-term strategies. The way we were looking at sales activation is, you know, was different earlier, but now I think we need to give it a very fresh perspective and it needs to have a short-term and a long-term strategy as well, just like the brand building has. Just going back to this sort of difference between demand activation, these two sort of brand marketing people, Les Bennett and Peter Field, have said that really future sales are more valuable in many respects for two reasons. The first is that businesses are valued on future sales. And the second is there are many more buyers out of market than in market. So, you know, in terms of that statement, does that change your view in any way? Or or does it just sort of reiterate that really it's a false dichotomy and you can market to the 20 and the 200 at the same time? So that's where the split in the strategy comes in, right? So I'm not, I'm not saying you don't focus on a brand building strategy. You definitely do focus on a brand building strategy, but I think brand has, the definition of brand has evolved, right? Thanks to digital. How would you define brand now? If brand is everything about an organization coming together, right? It could be your people, it could be your leaders, it could be how employees post on social media, it could be your different customer touch points and what they communicate to your customers, it could be how much you're investing in sustainability, how much you, you know, how much uh, of a carbon footprint you're reducing, how much of CSR activities you're doing, right? It's it's a brand is slightly, while it is, you know, slightly larger than life when you compare it to sales, but it's also everything coming together. So a brand building strategy definitely is important. You need to invest in it. But when you look at the sales activation, right, or your demand activation. I'm saying there is a long-term part to it as well. So if you are focusing on 20 accounts right now, how what is your plan to build those 20 out into 200? How do you continuously keep your databases and your communication to your prospects active so that at you know at a set time limit say 6 months from now 8 months from now 1 year from now you're able to target all those 200 prospects and bring them into your funnel right so i think that part of it is a demand activation long term strategy need not necessarily be confused with a larger brand building strategy and in terms of marketers view their role as support function to the sales team in most cases, sales are looking for immediate opportunities to meet their targets. In terms of your own sort of marketing function and the way you work, I mean, do you report into the sales organization? I wouldn't say report into the sales organization, no, but we work extremely closely with the sales organization because smaller companies, and that typically happens with small-sized organizations where your revenue is dependent, and we are also a product company. So if you look at, let me take a step back and I'll give you an example. So I used to work in Wipro, which was a larger you know, IT services company. The kind of engagements we had with our customers there were multi-million dollar you know, accounts. And over many years, we had customers, we had engagement with for more than 14 years, 15 years, right? And it's a really long engagement and it involved 
multi-million dollars of revenue coming in from just one account, right? There, it's very different, Alistair. You've got your 80 plus, 90%, 80, 85, 90% of your revenue coming in from your existing accounts, right? What matters there is more of your account-based marketing, more of your account-based strategy in terms of, you know, how do your uh, client managers and how does marketing work together to ensure that you keep the relationship, you maintain the relationship, you grow it, you cross-sell, you upsell, etc. So it's a very account-based tactic that we used to use there or strategy that we used to use there, which worked in larger organizations. In smaller companies like Color Tokens, what happens is your sales is completely dependent of, you know, I would say 80 to 50% dependent, um, actually more than that, sorry, on marketing for leads, right? Leads that they can pursue. So that time what happens is most of your marketing strategies, of course, are designed to ensure that your sales gets a steady flow of leads. Right. So while we don't report into the sales organization directly, I think around 60 to 70 percent of our work is to ensure that there is a steady flow of leads to the sales. And our engagements are shorter. Our engagements are smaller. The deal cycle is smaller. So your your leads get consumed faster. So the pipeline of leads as well as the consumption of leads is way quicker in an organization like Color Tokens compared to what happens at work. I think the parameters that kind of influence, you know, in terms of your demand gen strategy and your correlation or your uh, you working together with your sales team definitely depends on the size of the organization, the kind of service you provide, the, the length of the deal cycle, the size of the deal, the length of customer engagements. What is your revenue proposition based on how much of revenue are you getting from existing customers versus how much of revenue are you expecting from prospects getting converted to customers? So, so all of that kind of matters. But nevertheless, I think the underlying uh, factor is uh, marketing organizations now need to ensure that there is a steady flow of leads for the sales. In terms of the marketing activities that you are running, do you see that, you know, that kind of creating emotive sensory journeys, sort of cultivating human connection and relationship, you know, is that part of what you're doing now? And how do you measure it if, if you are? Right. So I think, like I said, every touch point counts now because we're in the digital Everything is digital. And thanks to the pandemic, I think, you know, everything is a virtual meeting. Everything, it happens on your laptop. It happens on your mobile. So that is one trend. Uh, the second part of it is B2B is no longer just B2B. I think it's it's moving towards B2C. So there is a lot of humanization that comes into our marketing efforts, starting from crafting. Uh, and, and also, if you see tech companies, you know, a few years ago, their sales cycle was, you know, go meet the customer, you know, two sessions of presentations, um, you know, bring out your the, the best of the subject matter experts you have, go face-to-face, you know, give them a presentation, speak out your differentiation, bargain on the price, and then the deal is closed, right? Because that we had a limited set of touch points at that point in time, and people, it was the only information that they could gauge companies on. And hence, at that point in time, the brand was a lot more significant and brand was all about though it had a lot of human factor i would say the emotional element of a brand started building only in the last few years when digital marketing started kind of taking shape and right now if i look at the journey between 
you know, from a prospect to making an organization a customer, the journey has completely transformed because there are multiple touch points. They start by doing a research online. The internet is the best uh, place people go to to research. So you have to ensure that what you're talking on social media, what you're talking on different forums, the associations that you make appear with influencers, do you appear with other fellow customers? Are you talking at the right forums? Who are you speaking with? What are your employees posting on various, uh, you know, forums? How do your social media uh, handles look? So there are so many touch points that customers or prospect customers can kind of get a reading of the brand into. And trust me, I think by the time my sales folks meet the customer for the first time, our customers have, or prospects have already gotten 60% of the information that they need, which is very, very different from what used to happen a few years ago, right? So the first thing that, you know, when your salesperson meets the prospect, the, the only thing they're trying to gauge is, okay, fine, let's see if this actually works for us. What value does it drive? If they fit in, perfect, let's close the deal. So I think that part of the deal cycle, the amount of awareness that is available because of the digital media out there, uh, I think that part has increased so much. And hence, making a sale has become a lot more easier because it's dependent on how well you, I wouldn't say easier, but I would say the sales cycle is more dependent on how well your brand is built and how well your customer touch points have been defined. So just sort of moving on, so Anthony Canada, the former CMO of Gainsight, the company that created the customer success movement, has a deep belief mm-hmm. that the worlds of B2B and B2C marketing are converging. And he referred to that as a business to human marketing and mm-hmm. says that the phenomenon is sort of that brand is therefore rapidly moving from what was traditionally a sort of high prioritized expense to the heart of a business strategy. But do you agree that there is that shift? I mean, could you expand a bit more on uh, what you said earlier that B2B is becoming more like B2C? Oh, sure, Alistair. So so the reason I say that is when I say it's the kind of engagement is moving from B2B to B2C, let's take how B2B marketers behaved a few years before the whole shift happened, right? So B2B was more in terms of how do I enable my sales? How do I support my sales? When a customer visits me, maybe on campus or when there is a touch point created by sales, how can marketing kind of enhance it? How can we deliver a superior customer experience, right? And the most of the sale, most of the conversations, everything happened between the sales team and between the prospect. And then you had the entire delivery organization who kind of actually deliver the services to the customers. Marketing was somewhere at the back trying to build a brand trying to ensure there is enough awareness and trying to create amazing customer experience for organizations. Right now, I think the shift of the CMO happened a few years back where chief marketing officers were right at the forefront. They were leading customer conversations rather than responding to customer conversations that were driven in by sales. That shift happened because A, I would again kind of peg it back to the digital transformation and the whole era of digitalization, right? When I think the internet opened up, when digital marketing opened up, it allowed, it gave people two things. Number one, it gave marketers access to data. Number two, it gave marketers access to create a lot more touch points for the customers. 
Not just that, but it also gave marketers a lot more avenues to build the brand. So this was what I mentioned in the beginning. So I said, any person in the company is is your brand ambassador. So if your CEO or your C-suit is not articulating clearly on forums, on social media, even on their personal social media, your brand might take a hit. If your employees post something about your company, your brand will take a hit. Are you talking enough about your sustainability initiatives, your CSR initiatives? These are the brands that people want to be associated with because they have the avenues to gather the information now, thanks to social media and thanks to digital, right? Before that, it was not as open as things were. Things were not as transparent as they are right now. But right now you look at, you look at, you follow, you can follow brands online and you can figure out what exactly they stand for. Similarly, when it comes to connections, marketers had access to data, marketers had access to create a lot more touch points. So your marketing efforts directly landed into the hands of your customers, either through mobile or through laptop. When that happened, there was no escape for human, uh, you know, the human factor to kind of creep in because you're directly chatting with customer. People are commenting. Everything is real time. When you know, five years back, seven years back, when my subject matter expert wrote out a white paper or wrote out a point of view, I could put it out on my website, but I would never know how the market responded to it, how people engaged, who are the people who were engaging. Right now, I just have to put up a post and I know exactly which of my customers are reading it, what kind of prospects are reading it, what they think about it. So there's a lot of interaction that's happening right now. There are a lot of touch points we're able to create and take in people's, you know, opinions, sentiments, et cetera, real time. And that has definitely, you know, broken the wall of, hey, I'm communicating to a business versus I'm communicating to a person. And the minute you know that you're communicating to a person, I think a humanization just just grows and everything that you strategize, everything that you plan then becomes very human centric. And in terms of the impact that pandemic has had on the business, you know, how has that altered the marketing activity over the last 12 months? If you talk about the pandemic that has impacted us over the last year, I think a lot of things have changed. Of course, marketing has completely transformed. And I think it's here to stay. The entire shift from, you know, Let's take events, for example. So physical events to virtual, everything now happens on a laptop. And trust me, as marketers, most of us love physical events. We love the dazzle of it, right? We love going into these brightly lit kiosks and ensuring that your booth looks amazing and you're you're putting your best foot forward, your best people out there. And it's just like, you know, three days of absolute excitement and learning new things, etc. Now that has completely shifted. It's completely changed for people, right? If you want to attend an event, you sit in front of your laptop and your screen is how much experience you can soak up, right? It was a huge change in the beginning, but I think marketers have caught up. And I think the world has caught up. It's not just the marketers, but I think people who consume services have also caught up with the entire change. People are now very comfortable uh, sitting and attending events, attending webinars in the comfort of their homes. And I think virtual events are doing really well. And in a very, very short period of time, you know, the shift from a physical to a virtual world evolved very, very quickly. So that is great. And there's also been a lot of response 
to demand generation social media activities you know social media campaigns that you do because people are at home they've got a lot lot more time and they're spending a lot more time online so i think that definitely is great because you're getting a lot more time with your consumers with your prospects etc but i think one thing that stood out and something that the pandemic kind of triggered was responsible marketing and i think it really evoked the responsibility that every brand carries we saw a lot of brands come out there being there for their consumers how did they a lot of brands that stood out over the last year were people who gave their employees at most importance who provided safety who provided counseling who took care of their employees brands that took care of their communities brands that made things easy for their customers and brands that actually portrayed responsible marketing you know where do you draw the line how many emails can i send should i send an email now regarding regarding sales so there were a lot of brands that sent out just messages saying hey we're not going to be marketing to you we're not going to be you know talking to you about our products about our services for a while if we're in this together let's get over the pandemic first and let's let's talk business later and those brands stood out even even i think the last year the kind of brands that rose to the top 10 top 20 were were brands like walmart etc who were and and most of them were pharma companies a lot of hospital uh, and healthcare brands uh, rose up because of you know because of the amount of frontline activity that we had during the pandemic i think overall the pandemic triggered one thing and that was responsible marketing and a lot of empathy driven marketing and i think that also kind of increased the humanization of marketing efforts humanization of brands i think pandemic triggered a lot of responsibility it triggered a lot of empathy and that did happen and as far as business goes they give marketers like me an opportunity to get a lot more face time a lot more screen time with my prospects with my consumers Thanks for listening to this techpros.io series sponsored by Network Sunday, a leading UK business to human marketing agency. To learn more about TechPros and our programs, visit techpros.io or to read the ebook associated with the series which features our podcast guests and other leaders, please visit techpros.io/thought-leadership/marketing, which can also be found in the show notes below.